Welcome to our service podcast. Each week, we will have a different presentation, including different chants, different speakers, and different Dharma messages. In this program, we will participate in both seated and standing meditation, sutra chanting, and a Dharma message. From this program, we hope that you can gain some insight into the Buddhist teachings and into yourself. Please be seated, and we will prepare for seated meditation. Whether you're in a chair or on the floor, you want to sit with your back very straight, shoulders relaxed, eyes half open, half closed, gazing at a spot two or three feet in front of you on the floor at about a 45 degree angle, hands placed in your lap. Try to find a position uh, that we can hold without fidgeting. This is a prescribed, suggested posture, uh, but feel free to modify it as you see fit. Meditation is not supposed to be agony. So the suggested posture is to sit with a very straight back, whether you're sitting on the floor or in a chair. You want your back very straight. You don't want to have any weight leaning forwards or back. It can cause stress. Or left to right. We suggest you kind of rock forwards and backwards until you find that spot front to back that's balanced. And then you could rock left to right until you feel balanced in the middle. And then you want to have your eyes half open and half closed, gently gazing at a spot in front of you on the floor at about a 45 degree angle. We suggest this because if you have your eyes completely closed, it's easy to become drowsy and sleepy. And if your eyes are completely open, it's easy to be distracted by motion or light in the room. And then breathing, it's suggested that you breathe in through your nose by forming a vacuum with your tongue and the roof of your mouth leaving your jaw relaxed and open about a half an inch, and then breathe through your nose, down into your diaphragm, down into your stomach. The other thing you can do, there's a couple positions for your hands. You could take your left hand and place it in the palm of your right hand, touch the tips of your thumbs together, and then hold that in front of your lower abdomen with your elbows out. Another posture is to take the tips of your finger and thumb and touch them together on each hand and then pointing the remaining three fingers away from you, placing the back of your hands onto the top of your thighs. And be aware of your thoughts. Don't judge them and just watch them come and go. It takes time, but it works. And we will begin with gasho. In Buddhism, gasho is a form of bowing. Uh, It's much like uh, namaste in yoga. And gasho literally means to put one's palms together So what we do is we place our left and right hand together with our palms, and then we uh, hold our thumbs and our hands against our chest or sternum, and then we have our hands held at about a 45-degree angle. And then we slowly bow forwards another 45 degrees until our hands are parallel with the ground, and then we come up. And this is called gasho. It's a Buddhist bowing, a posture of humility and respect and refuge. And after we gasho, we say Namo Amidabuts, Namo Amidabuts, Namo Amidabuts. And that is the sound of enlightenment, much like Namaste. And we say it to each other, and we're saying it as we receive the teachings and as we are with the Buddha in this meditation service. Place your hands together, and we will bow and gasho. And then at the sound of the bell, we'll begin, and then we will end with the bell.
please join me in God's show. Namandats, 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 namandats. Take a moment to stretch your legs, and we will have standing meditation. The feet should be about shoulder width apart, with the knees bent slightly. Upper body position is the same. Back straight and centered, shoulders relaxed, eyes half open. Standing in this way is a reminder that we can extend this way of being to our life when we're not engaged in meditation per se. We might be having to wait for someone to arrive or wishing some person would help us. They don't seem to be interested in our problem. Instead of becoming upset and agitated, we can have a moment of standing meditation.
Please put your hands together in Gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 Return to your seat or cushion. This completes our standing meditation. Please return to your seats. We will begin sutra chanting. Sutra chanting is actually a portion of a sutra that we will chant. Most sutras are far too long to be able to chant in one sitting. So for us, we're usually chanting a verse out of a longer narrative or prose. And that's why each line consists of perhaps four or five or seven characters. When we chant, we read from left to right, just like in English, and we move down the first column, and then we move to the second column, and so on. Open circles represent bells for the chant leader to ring. So we always begin a sutra chant with two bells. Whenever we change a section, we use one bell to kind of signal that we're changing from one section to another. And then when you end a sutra chant, you always end with three bells. Each syllable here is written in Romanized characters, English characters, and each syllable here represents a kanji, a Chinese character, and it's written phonetically. It's the sound of the character. The vowels have the same pronunciation independent of location or their neighbor, so this is different from English, and the vowel sounds, uh, I've been told, resemble those in Spanish. So we have A, E, I, O, and U, and they're pronounced A, E, E, O, and U. And then you'll see italicized lines. Those are leader lines that I chant alone. And you will also see underlines under some of the characters. And that means that rather than each character getting a single beat, an underlined character will get a beat and a half. And to kind of make up that little extra time, the next character in line will only get a half beat. And what you do is you don't really Concern yourself too much about the meaning of what's being chanted. This isn't flashcards. We're not trying to learn something. This is a ritual. And so we chant together as a feeling of oneness. Don't worry too much about how you're doing. Be aware and mindful of each character. Uh, this is a form of meditation uh, rather than silent meditation. We're meditating through sound. So, you know, you see the character, you say it, you forget about it, you move on, and you say the next character. And over time, it becomes effortless, and you'll begin to memorize it without realizing it. All right, we're going to chant uh, Jusege on page 39. Jusege is another poem or verse that can be found in the larger sutra. First, you have the Sambutsuge, then you have the 48 vows by the aspiring student claiming and proclaiming his desire to seek Buddhahood. And then after that, Jusege stands for repeated vows. So three of these 48, he considers to be the essence of his practice, and he repeats these three vows. And again, italicized lines are leader lines, open circles are bells, underlines are a beat and a half, and that means the next kanji character or sound is going to get a, a half beat. And we chant down the first column, reading left to right, and then down the second column, reading left to right. And then as we get about two-thirds of the way down the second column, you'll see that line has all underscores on it. Ko, ku, sho, tenin, to, u, chin, myo, ke. So we're slowing down. I've mentioned before that the first two bells means we're beginning a chant. And then 
that single bell there means that we're changing section. And it's a little bit like a train. You start out chanting slow, you speed up, and then you come into the station and slow down. And then we do Namo Amidabatsu, as we do on all of our chanting. And then we end with the Ekoku. Nangon Cho Sengam Oh, then.
Please join me in Gasho. Namandats, 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 Namandats. Putting away samsara. Since ancient times, people have speculated about how old the world is. Today, it's unnecessary to wonder because there are accurate measurements. The age of the universe. 3.8 billion years, comes from observations of the cosmic microwave background radiation. The age of the Earth, 4.54 billion years, comes from radiometric dating of terrestrial, lunar, and meteoritic samples. This means that the Earth has been revolving around the Sun for 50 million times longer than a human lifespan. Challenged by what nature is teaching us, we might react with denial. How could the world have gotten along without us for billions of years? This egocentric view gives rise to the popular misconception that the Earth and its inhabitants came into existence only a few thousand years ago. By contrast, people in ancient India had an intuitive grasp that the world was far older than the span of a human life they proposed a cosmology with a time scale vastly longer than 13.8 billion years. In our Buddhist services, we recite a text called The Three Treasures, which states how rare and wondrous it is to be born into human life. Now I am living it. The recognition that it is rare to be born into human life follows from the Indian idea that the world is inconceivably old and that a human life lasts for only a brief instant. The teaching is meant to challenge my egocentric perspective. The text of the Three Treasures continues. How rare and wondrous it is to encounter the teachings of the Buddha. Now I can hear them. It was only through the rarest of circumstances that I received life in human form. Just as extraordinary were the events that led me to encounter the Dharma. The way of life taught by Gautama Buddha persisted in India for 1,500 years before dying out there. His teachings would have perished too 
had they not been brought to other parts of Asia by Buddhist propagators who risked their lives to do so. Centuries later, the teachings took root in America, having been carried from Japan by Shin Buddhist followers. Through these improbable and heroic efforts, I am able to receive the Dharma today. And here is the punchline from The Three Treasures. If I do not find a path to liberation in the present life, no hope is there that I will be freed from sorrow in the ocean of birth and death. Liberation means ending the pattern of repetitive existence called samsara. Traditional Indian religion conceived of a literal cycle of transmigration within the six realms of rebirth. Gautama found a path for putting away the mentality of samsara as expressed in these words, Rebirth is ended. The spiritual journey has been completed. What had to be done has been done. There is no return to any state of existence. Gotama's final words were a summary of everything he had taught. All conditioned things are impermanent. Seek your liberation with diligence. Given the exceptionally favorable circumstances of being born into human life and being able to listen to the teachings of the Buddha, I must put away the ocean of birth and death here and now and not dream of doing so in some future existence. It is indeed rare to be given life in human form, to hear this teaching, and to encounter a path to liberation. Please put your hands together in Gasho. Bow. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namo Amidabutsu. Namandabutsu. 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 This concludes this podcast. I hope you feel grounded. I hope you feel different than when you began. And this feeling you have, I hope you take it with you out into your everyday life. It's important to develop these qualities in a controlled environment like this podcast. But the aim is for the effects to begin to bleed out into your everyday life naturally. My wife once sent me a meme on Facebook that said, yoga works, but only if you show up. And I feel that way about Buddhism and about meditation. It surely works, but only if you stick with it. And you have to get to the point where it becomes something natural and effortless in your life. And if you have high expectations and you're trying to rush the process, you actually retard your ability to change over time. You don't want to grasp it. You don't want to hang on to it. You just want to experience it in a regular practice and integrate it into your everyday life. So thank you very much for coming. I will close with Gasho. Hands together and we will bow. For access to more content, please visit our YouTube channel by searching for the Orange County Buddhist Church. There's over 40 different videos, all about 15 to 20 minutes each, from Dharma Talks and Adult Study given on Sundays at the Orange County Buddhist Church by various ministers. Please attend online. Today's program was presented by Minister's Assistant James Pollard, Reverend John Turner, and Reverend Ellen Crane. Executive Producers, Reverend John Turner and Jim Scott. Produced by the Buddhist Education Center of Orange County Buddhist Church. Anaheim, California, USA.
Directed and engineered by Reverend John Turner. Edited by Jim Scott. This program includes excerpts from Time Stood Still by Riley Lee, used with permission. This program is copyright 2020, Orange County Buddhist Church, Anaheim, California, USA. All rights reserved. For more information about this or other podcasts, groups, and activities, BCE classes, or temple services, visit us on the web at ocbuddhist.org.